So hi everyone and welcome to our YouTube channel, especially if you're uh, new to us or to any who are joining us on our, our Podbean uh, platform as well. Great to have you with us. Uh, we're in a, a sort of a mini series at the moment called Led by Love. Uh, and it's part of an ongoing conversation that we're having as a church, an ongoing journey to try and rearrange ourselves, our lives, our structures, our programs around the call to love God with all we've got and to love others as much as Jesus loves us. Uh, now that's not just a mini series, that's gonna be the, the challenge of the rest of our lives, but it's, it's been great to have others kind of feed into this conversation. Uh, really glad you're, you're joining us and really glad to be joined today uh, by three great mates, uh, Sean, uh, who, Sean Rees, who's the head of the Bible Society uh, here in Wales. Uh, and I've always appreciated Sean, just your, your passion for Jesus. Uh, your love for God's word and just your ability to, to bring those things together when you connect with people. So thrilled you're, you're joining us. Uh, Chris, Chris Duffett uh, is in uh, joining us from, from Cambridge, as we were sharing just before we started, not Cambridge University, one day, but uh, uh, Chris is a beautifully gifted evangelist. Uh, always been a great encouragement and inspiration to me. Uh, founder of, of the Light Project, just seeking, seeking to train really and equip the next generation of pioneers uh, and people who just want to share the love of Jesus. So Chris, great to have you with us as well. Uh, and Sarah, who anyone from Bethel will know, Sarah is part of the furniture here at Bethel, has been for years. Uh, and Sarah, I've loved over the years, just our conversations about Jesus and about this need to just keep sharing Jesus, to keep it about that, to keep sharing about that. I've uh, always found that inspirational. So great to have you guys together. And if nothing else, I'm just excited to, to connect together with you guys on, on this subject uh, of what it means to befriend others. We're led by love to befriend others. Uh, for the sake of the gospel. So we're going to read a quick passage and then dive into this theme together. The passage comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, I'm just going to read from, from verse 14, where Paul says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again and so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded christ in this way we do so no longer therefore if anyone is in christ they are a new creation the old is gone and the new has come all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting our sins against us. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. I just, first of all, just wow, uh, love, love Paul's words, but something about his passion just oozes, doesn't it? Uh, through almost every, every word, every syllable uh, of that, the, the, the call to be Christ's ambassadors, compelled 
by the love of God to do that. Uh, and I was thinking, and this might be a great place for us to dive in today, uh, that very often when we think about evangelism, we think about stuff that needs to be done, or we think about stuff that we kind of secretly hope others will do, you know. Um, but Paul talks to you about love compelling us to be Christ's ambassadors. Uh, he hints here, doesn't it, the love of God that was willing to become sin for us. Um, therefore, we have this ministry. So, so why do you think we sometimes put evangelism, mission, um, the call of the kingdom, and and then love? Why do you think they're so they're so separate in our minds? Great question, buddy. <laughs> Can I jump in? Yeah. Is that all right? Something that we teach our students over and over again at the Light College is, do you love me because you want me to become a Christian? Or do you want me to become a Christian because you love me? Mm. So that heart motive, that the love that flows uh, from us to others is, is so key for evangelism. Without it, Paul says we're just a noisy drum and a banging, clashing cymbal and people don't get it. So people know, don't they, if we don't love them. And we're there, we're there just to share the pitch or patter or presentation without love. Uh, people don't get it. And that's been my experience over 25 years. If I don't give a monkeys for people, my evangelism just becomes a thing, mm. a methodology, something clever. Mm. And uh, it really does not win people to the love of God. So it's key. And, and the integrity of, of showing and doing and loving it, it's so key. I, I want to add to that, if I can, mm. that our love for Jesus. So without devotion and evangelism being about devotion and a river that flows from us, then again, what what is it? <laughs> we're, we're doing it because of us. If it's not um, a, a real sense of I love Jesus and I want you to love him too. Mm. I want you to worship him. Everyone needs a king like Jesus and, and you need to worship him. Then again, it just becomes a methodology. And so our love for Jesus and our love for people is so key. And what a reminder from the word mm. Mm. to be compelled by the love of God. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is beautiful. You know, um, We've really just got two commandments, haven't we? To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. <clears throat> Excuse me, but also to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I think sometimes um, when we're talking about evangelism, we sell people short. And um, there's a guy called um, Bill Hull who wrote um, an amazing book on conversion and discipleship. And he says, you know, the world will not be shaken by people whose most radical thought is that they will get to heaven someday. Mm. And that challenges me because actually I think a lot of our evangelism has become, you know, make a commitment, you know, say the prayer and then you're going to be in heaven. But actually that's not what we're inviting people into. In love, we're inviting them to a completely transformed life. That's why that passage in 2 Corinthians is talking about, you know, the old is gone and we're talking about a new adventure, a better adventure, a better way of life that actually makes us whole um, and brings us joy and makes us free. But actually, we, we've sold people short somehow in, in our evangelism by just making it a commitment. We're actually talking about life in all of its fullness, which is obviously what, you know, 
um, is promised to us in John's gospel. So maybe we just need to rethink what does it mean to actually love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength? And what does it mean to love our neighbour as ourselves? I think as well, like we can sometimes, like Chris was saying earlier, you know, if we're not loving God or in that place where we're receiving from God, you know, fully, then how can we possibly love our neighbour? You know, so it's got to be out of the overflow, hasn't it? Like sometimes we can get so bogged down in um, duties and missions and programmes and, you know, doing it because we're on a rotor or right or whatever. And I think really, if it's not about coming to God and receiving from him then it's never going to be out of an overflow and it's never going to be real mm. Mm. yeah spot on Sarah I love that because we, we really can't give what we haven't got mm. and I think the, the key and the, at the heart of this being compelled by love is if we have as you say Sarah it's the overflow people experience it and I, I love it when people go what is this when, when we do evangelism and they're not talking about the the art or the you know the stuff going out on the streets but they're talking about that that experience of the spirit of him and people say what is this oh on me what can you can you describe it or you know in a pub context you know I love it when people say but what is it what is it I feel peaceful I feel a sweetness I feel and it's the overflow. It's it's him right with us mm. in that place. Mm. I think that's a challenge, isn't it? Is living daily in that because so often we just carry on with life and we're not in that place. And for me, that's always my challenge: is putting him first and then living out of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember reading a while ago, um, somebody came up with this quote, um, Jesus didn't practice what he preached. He just preached what he practiced. Uh, <laughs> and you, you could see it in Jesus, this this life in God, this life with the Father that we're invited into. You know, Jesus says, yeah. anyone welcomes me, they welcome the Father who sent me and we'll come and make our home you know, with him. And you do wonder, like, what do we look like people who are being loved by God? You know, are we yeah, live come on place um, because that will attract the world, won't it? I mean, that, that's what the world is hungry for. It's what the world needs. But so often we're, we're not living in that place. Yeah. And it is, it's an utter challenge that the day of lazy evangelism, you know, where we just go and share, you know, you know I will talk and you will get it. Yeah. that's well over isn't it people just don't get it they need to experience so looking like we are loved i love that mm. you know where someone should look at our faces and see what is that what <laughs> what's going on <laughs> love it I, I loved what you said earlier sean about um what is it we're inviting people into uh, and I remember somebody ages ago, I forget who it was now, uh, that said, um, you know, heaven isn't a, for, a, a place just for people who are afraid of hell. And I kind of thought, yeah, very often that can be the sort of, you talk, just talked about lazy evangelism, uh, that, that can be the sort of the, <laughs> the bottom line kind of that we just say, Here, here's the minimum entry requirements for heaven. And as long as I can get you to sort of agree to those. But heaven is, is a, a place for people who love Jesus and who want to spend eternity loving jesus and being loved by him 
Um, and we do sort of settle for this take it or leave it now kind of deal mm. rather than invite mm -hmm. people into that that life of love. Yeah, and you know, um, Romans 10 verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And you know, there's that two piece there, isn't it? That believing with your heart um, and proclaiming with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what does it mean to make Jesus Lord over every aspect of of our lives and I think that's where the adventure begins you know things like money we're in a cost of living crisis right now and you know what does it mean to have Jesus as Lord and, and that adventure of being able to trust him for provision or you know when the world is shaking around you and you have to trust him for peace or you know you're, you're in the absolute depths in a like proper pit of like unhappiness what does it mean to feel the joy of, of God and you know there's all these things that are wrapped up in making Jesus Lord that we don't even talk about and yet you know mission is the restoration of all things yeah so what what needs to be restored or oh, I need my joy restoring I need my mental health restoring I need this I need that and it's journeying with people loving them enough to go the distance you know taking them by the hand and saying I'm going to walk this through with you and just seeing what God does really but that's what I mean by you know if we just sell them short and say well heaven or hell that's just not the fullness of kingdom it's not fullness of relationship and there's mm. so much more <laughs> than just that yeah yeah it um it, it's massively challenging isn't it you can imagine the, the person that asked jesus what the greatest commandment was <laughs> it's just kind of being like oh wow <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know I'm, I don't know if i'm glad i asked that question or not because in some ways it's much easier just to have rules isn't it to keep just do do this don't do that um, but to be invited into love. And I love the, the phrase you kept using there about the adventure of following Jesus. Uh, and very often we, we rob ourselves, don't we, when we don't allow space for God to provide or guide or speak or bless. We, we rob ourselves of the adventure of, of discovering more of his love, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, let's not think of adventure as something that just like Bear Grylls does. Adventure is having people who are totally different from yourself sitting around the dinner table with you and having a meal mm. you know adventure is finding out about um, other people's lives other people's cultures um how they do life what makes them tick you know it, it's not about this constant i need to be a hero in my own story kind of thing which yeah. you know is quite commonplace these days but it's about sitting with one another going for a walk it's about um just listening to people and and hearing what's going on in their lives that's adventure to me mm. I love that word adventure and I, I think the call to discipleship that when when we meet strangers who become friends and some become disciples mm -hmm. and and we journey with people that call to change this world yeah. for Jesus yeah. that adventure hey come and join us we're changing this world <laughs> will you will you be part of it because this world doesn't have to be the way it is there's there's we can be ambassadors like the the scripture mm. says as we are ambassadors we're raising up more ambassadors mm. what mm. an adventure we're going out being his representation to everybody we meet and you know what a, you know people say oh what's my purpose don't they what's my purpose in life where can i serve or i don't know what god's calling me to well to me it's like well just who's next door to you who's 
who are you going to meet on the school run? Who are you going to, you know, it, literally he's got a job for us every minute of the day, hasn't he? And who we're talking to. And that's just awesome, isn't it? That yeah. we don't have to look for this special job or special program or special whatever. Mm. It's just every every moment is special with him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I said, Sarah, I love that. And, you know, I, I wish the body of Christ was full of people with eyes open, ready to see the opportunities that you've just described. The everyday adventure, the person right under my nose. Who, who am I going to bring Jesus to? Who am I going to pray for, see a miracle in their lives? And I love that, Sarah. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say that actually sometimes we we think of that as the job for like a certain group of people. Uh, and the Bible definitely talks about that some people are called to be an, or gifted to be a evangelist. But we're all invited in adventure, aren't we? And so there will be some people who um, hopefully the, you know we can find ways to bless and support so they can give time, give their lives to that one specific thing. But, we, but don't miss out because of that. They don't miss out on, on the abundance. It's, it's like the gift of healing, isn't it? You know, some people very definitely have the gift of healing, and yet we're all invited to pray for healing for each other. Um, and so, just because some have the gift doesn't mean that you know we all have to miss out on on seeing God move in that way. Um, but sometimes, yeah, this this thing of evangelism, we, we we sort of shy away from thinking, well, there's because there are experts, we'll just let them get on with it. Um, but that everyday call. Uh, who am I going to be Jesus to? Or you know, what does love look like, you know, in this situation? Uh, I mean, that is a dangerous question because uh, it can lead, you know, can lead anywhere. I think just the the pre-question of what does love look like, it's Heidi Baker, right? Yeah. She, she asked that question all the time. Her pre-question would be, how have I stopped for the one? So stopping for one, and then what does love look like? My goodness, such simplicity. But for me, every day in rural, sleepy Cambridgeshire, or whether I'm traveling here, there and everywhere with the college, how am I stopping for one person? Yeah. And what does love look like in that situation? Yeah. It is transformative. It it brings a lens, Johnny. I love birthing the miraculous. Um, Heidi Johnson, um, Baker's book. Heidi, yeah, you know it. Amazing. Yeah. I I was um, really encouraged, Sean, at the um, Bible Society meeting recently to hear some of the research that was being done into sort of spiritual attitude and and that kind of thing, um, and just the actual evidence now that we have of a sort of a it's almost like a, a pre-awakening a, a new openness to talk about life and death and an openness to, and yeah I, I i know a whole bunch of us were talking on the on the way home just how encouraged we were um you know jesus talks about the fields being white doesn't he for harvest mm -hmm. being ripe um and yet we we've like chris was talking earlier we, we so rarely have eyes to see that you know like sarah's what, what's that going to look like today uh, in, in my everyday encounters? The fields are white. So that was really encouraging. 
Oh, thanks. Well, that's our Lumino research, which is available um, on our website, um, the Bible Society website. And it has proven what we've been finding to be true anecdotally on the ground, really, here in Wales, <coughs> excuse me, which is that there is um, a spiritual openness, a spiritual curiosity that goes beyond what we've had in previous decades. I became a Christian in 1991, so I've done a few decades now, but um, you know, the spiritual openness is greater than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, you know, one of the sort of barometers for that is, um, you know, offering to pray for a non-Christian. Mm. And I literally cannot remember the last time a non-Christian said no when I've asked them if I could pray for them on the spot. I have had one Christian, there's always one, um, but when it comes to people who don't believe in Jesus or say they have no faith or relationship in Jesus, I've literally got to rack my brains to remember the last time that happened. And, you know, there is perhaps um, an openness, perhaps it came from the pandemic, perhaps it's just um, things like the cost of living crisis or, um, you know, the different things that are going on across the globe, you know, in Ukraine or Syria or Turkey or whatever, you know, perhaps um, we are thinking more about life and eternity these days, but boy, there is a spiritual openness out there in Wales, particularly that we really need to tap into. This is the time to love on people. This is the time to offer them something greater than just, you know, living for the weekend or for the next holiday that there is an abundance of life, even when these times are so tough. Mm. Um, and now is the time really to get that message out there. Mm. Can I just share an example of that? Because um, we were really encouraged because our neighbours literally last Christmas just asked us, she had, my neighbour had a dream and asked us to do a, a Christmas carol service with a message. She had a dream that we did this. Mm. She was quite upset. She told us that we hadn't done it. And it just made me laugh because I just thought, well, do you know what? God's already working in people. And like we stress and pray and we're like, oh, can I give me an opportunity? But actually he's already working in people. And I just found that really encouraging that, you know, sometimes we don't even, we just have to be available. You know, God is already working and, and it's just having that hope and that faith that he is in working in people's lives already. So it's just about us being available for them, isn't it? I think sometimes. Yeah. That's insane. I love that so much. <laughs> but isn't it great that she knew where to bring that dream as well? She yeah. knew that you would respond positively, that you'd help her with that. She obviously knows and sees and acknowledges that you're a person of faith and that you have that relationship. And I think that's, you know, like the step two that we need to really take note of. You know, do people know? It comes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, um, do people actually know that we're loved of God, that we are in relationship with him? Do they know where to come to when, when they have the God dreams? <laughs> yeah, great, great questions. Yeah, I think often people's perception, and I love just blowing out the water, people's perceptions. Oh, so you're a Christian and you're spiritual? So their understanding of what a spiritual person is like an understanding of healing and encounter and you you really have something <laughs> it's like oh um and i love you know just do that with with painting for people in in pubs and cafes and that kind of whoa a christian can kind of know this stuff yeah. and people often go to that kind of oh, are you psychic 
and to be able to say no i'm not psychic believe in a god who knows and loves you inside and out and he's just revealed that about your life mm. and and just to to have yeah you i love that sarah that your neighbor knew you you would get it she's mm. had a dream it's spiritual i'll go to a spiritual person beautiful yeah and, and that sense of um if i do bring it you know they're a loving person they're not going to laugh at it or stamp on it or squash it um that that sense of it's you're a safe person you know and i think that again um is a sort of a pre-question isn't it is not just will they know about this stuff but is it okay to ask you know is the church a place of christians people that, that are willing to hold this stuff and, and share this stuff definitely yeah well, one, one question we've been trying to ask ourselves and ask everyone that's come on the podcast is, is this whole question about being led by love. How can we be better led by love? Because uh, there's plenty of things that lead us, aren't there, in our lives. There are needs, there's duties, there's responsibilities, there's all the rest of it, hobbies. But if we want to be people who are led by this, like put this right out in front of us, how, what's, what's one thing we can do to be better led by love, do you think? Can I jump in? Yep. You know what? It's 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 utterly scary, but the love language of Jesus is obedience, and to be led by love is to be obedient to Him. So John fifteen, right? You you just so Sunday afternoon, I'm delivering some artwork to our local garden centre, and I'm like seeing someone in pain, and Jesus says, "Go and." To, I believe, like he says to me, go and pray for that person. So I'll go up to them and I'm like, look, I, I see you're in pain. I really feel for you. And um, I just love to pray for healing for you. And her husband looks at me, goes, right, we're off. <laughs> and off they go. And um, but but I left that, you know, I just longed to pray for healing. I did encounter the Holy Spirit doing something as I offered to pray. Mm. But what I left that moment feeling was I've been obedient and and I and I've shown love to Jesus. And it, and it was um it was just a moment of like, oh yeah, that's his love language, right? <laughs> it's like, and I need to do this more to show my love for him. So if I'm gonna be led in love, I'm gonna have to do the stuff that he commands for me to show that love which is quite terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's really helpful Chris in terms of sometimes we make that about obeying the stuff we see written down of course it definitely in, involves that absolutely he's not going to tell us to do something that contradicts anything he's already already said um but equally there, there will be those nudges prompts <laughs> sometimes quite obvious shoves <laughs> and it's about obeying those as well yeah I think it's not being ashamed as well, because sometimes, you know, you can, we can have strengths in like building relationships, etc. But then when it comes to the of actually speaking about the gospel and speaking about the truth of Jesus and what he did for us, sometimes we can not want to go there for fear of rejection or, and I think it's just, as Chris said, you know, it's, it's just being obedient and watching for those opportunities and, and the spirit leading and just being bold and I think that's you know that's something I struggle with because it's easy to build relationships for me but a bit harder then to step in and talk about Jesus dying on the cross for people's sins and 
and they need to repent. So I think that for me, which is always part of the message, isn't it, in Acts when they preach and when they when they tell people about Jesus. So there's certain parts of the message which we tend to shy away from more than others. So that for me is the challenge. I think encouragement plays a massive role in this. Mm. And, you know, nobody ever died from too much encouragement, did they? But so many people are starving for it. Mm. And then one of the ways to walk in love is just having a sweeter nature, you know, a different spirit. Mm. And um, there's so many harsh words and, you know, opinions out there and judgments. And, you know, what if we just learned to fiercely cheerlead one another you know whether that's the neighbor next door you know your plants are looking great they grow way better than my veggies or you know just speaking life and speaking hope and speaking nicely I know that does I know that sounds so wet almost but actually just bringing the fragrance of Jesus into conversation and and carrying a different spirit to the spirit of the world um Encouragement costs us nothing, does it? And yet it just brings a freedom and a, a light. It switches the light on in people's worlds. And it's got to be sincere. I mean, you know, Romans 12 says love must be sincere. You can't blag it or fake it or just pretend. But, you know, drawing out the gold in people and then establishing that relationship of love. They know I'm going to speak well of them. You know, even if it's speaking behind their back, they know I'm going to speak well. And so... It's just almost like bringing people into the sweetness of what we encounter every day, which is the kingdom of Jesus. You know, he speaks life of us. He affirms us. Why not just sort of share that with people? I think that's one way we can um, really walk in love with people. Mm. And that, that kind of brings it full circle, doesn't it, in terms of um, as we see that um, golden people, excuse me, um, but, you know, we're, we're seeing that image of God aren't we the, the gifts of God in someone and to speak that over them uh, I think it was John Stott was it that said years ago people won't um, care what we know until they know that we care and I think encouragement is a big way and, and in terms of um, showing love is a big way we can do that speaks powerfully prophetically too if you think of Jesus seeing Nathaniel wait yep is is a true Israelite you know full of truth and Nathaniel's like why how do you know me <laughs> and, and jesus is just speaking words of encouragement okay then he reveals that he saw him at the fig tree you know <laughs> and he's like wow <laughs> you, you truly you are the messiah but yeah i love that sean just speaking words of encouragement bringing out the gold brings a sense for people that they are known because you're seeing stuff that no one has ever dared say and I just, yeah, I love that. That That's a, a beautiful motivator of love, isn't it? Just to be able to say, I'm going to bring an encouragement to the person who's serving me today behind the, the shop counter. Mm. Something that's just going to draw out that sense of being known. Love mm. it. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, at our, um, our blessed groups that we run, which is our discipleship stuff, at the end of every session, we try and set a discipleship focus for the coming week. And I'm just going to nick that as my focus right there. Just encourage, 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 encourage. Uh, guys, it's been awesome. It's been absolutely awesome just to get together. I was excited. I knew once the four of us got together, we'd go all over the place, which was brilliant. 
Um, but thank you so much for being with us. It's been so good to share together. Absolute pleasure. I've thank you so much. <laughs> and we've got to let Sarah go to a meeting now, haven't we? Back to work now, Sarah. Sarah's got a proper job, so we better let her get on with it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.